0: Welcome to the AV Podcast Movies Edition presented by Phil Hinton
1: Welcome to April's Movies Podcast. Coming up, we talk about Toy Story 1 and 2, Clash of the Titans, and Paranormal Activity on Blu-ray. And we also look forward to some of the reviews coming soon. Okay, so uh, welcome along to April's Podcast, and this edition is our review roundup. We're going to look at some of the discs uh, we've had in for review. The reviews are up there on avforums.com forward slash movies. And uh, the first one we're going to talk about is well, Pixar, all-time classics. Um, I think when everybody saw Toy Story, we all thought we were in for a a treat when it came to computer animation, and that's certainly been the case. I think Pixar have kept the quality going since the original Toy Story, but Toy Story hits Blu-ray, and uh, some of us have seen it, some haven't, but I've certainly seen the films. Um, So, guys, what did we think about Toy Story? Is it long overdue, and, and did it meet our expectations when it arrived on disc? Absolutely, long overdue.
0: Yes, it should have been one of the first discs ever released, but they've done us proud, of course, haven't they? I mean, Keith, Keith um, reviewed it on site, um, and he gave it tens across the board. You can't get a better disc. I've, I've obviously got the disc and watched the disc, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. There's nothing you can't, you just cannot fault the disc. Region free, of course. Uh, it's just fantastic. The story, sublime story. they had something to prove, didn't they? Pixar. They wanted computer animation. They wanted something to prove that. They wanted to get out of the 2D animation, get into the 3D animation, and uh, it's a, an all time classic buddy film. It's brilliant, and the disc is absolutely
1: top notch. I think the thing that makes uh, certainly made the films for me was, was the adult humor mixed with the, the whole buddy thing uh, between Buzz and, and Woody. I think uh, there's some scenes there, um, even though I've seen them six or seven times, I'm, I'm still laughing every time I see them. One of them's where he.
0: The toy trunk.
1: Uh, yeah, Woody he pops his head out the toy trunk and mm-hmm. the sharks there. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> that, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> always kills me that. So, it, I mean, it's, it's a great film, isn't it, Mark? Oh yeah. I mean, it, it. They've managed to hit upon a
2: magic formula whereby they can appeal to both the parents and the kids going to the cinema, which is always going to make money. But they, somehow, it's it's stood the test of time. They've they've got a certain charisma to the characters that just seems to work.
3: I think that's largely due to Hanks and Allen. I mean, like when you when you when you look at the 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 voice crew, it's, a, it's an incredible wealth of talent with some very distinctive voices in there. I think that's what makes it. And but the primary two guys are just their their voices suit the characters so well.
1: Looking at Toy Story two, I, I've got to say it's probably the one of the only sequels that's come out that actually betters the original. I mean that whole introduction at the start with all the Star Wars sound effects, him flying in and battling um, Zorg. It's just, uh, well, it was demo material for many years, wasn't it?
0: Very, very clever. Very, very clever film, actually. Originally going to be just a straight-to-video one, and uh, John Lasseter coming, didn't like what he saw, and then um, Disney, um, we don't know the story, Disney weren't weren't sure what to do with it. They said, OK, we're going to give it a theatrical release, and it had an almost page one rewrite with only six months to be released. So the, the film that they produced was incredible. Um, and you're quite right. It was as good, if not better, than than the uh, than the film it was based on. All the same characters, built on it, brilliant. And and the disc again. Keith reviewed it. Tens across the board. You you can't fault it. It's absolutely stunning. Stunning to look at. Stunning to listen to. And a stunning film.
1: And and I guess Mark, uh, the thing with Pixar, certainly that I get, is that the they're not ones like unlike Disney who. Uh, smack a message across your head every every two or three minutes. I mean there there are messages in uh their films about friendship and trust and all the rest of it, but it's it's not something that comes along in like a a Disney film and, and cracks you over the head every five minutes about it.
2: No, there's there's no great theme to them. You couldn't really explain them in just a, a simple little sound bite. There's there's no Overriding message that it tries to force upon you it it's just simply a character interplay it it works in a manner that not many animations either two d or three d have ever really done in the past in that that there's there's a real charisma to the characters and there's a real chemistry between the whole of the cast and so I think it's it's certainly multi layered and I, I genuinely think it's one of those films that will stand the test of time, certainly. As far as the the near future goes.
1: Okay, so that's Toy Story, Toy Story Two. The reviews are up there, like we said. Keith's reviewed them, tens across the board. Go and have a read and let us know what you think in the feedback area. Let's move on. Clash of the Titans. It's hitting cinemas as we speak and as we record here. Uh, but the original uh, from nineteen eighty, was it one?
0: it was, it was. Um,
1: is now on disc. Um, I haven't seen it myself, although I did catch a recent showing on one of the HD channels somewhere. I can't remember which one it was, but guys, what did we think of the original?
0: Bit of an, an, an enigma, isn't it? Um, coming out at the time that it did, it was contending with um, Star Wars and, and uh, Empire Strikes Back, so it immediately looked dated. Um, Harryhausen's effects are, of course, sublime. You, you, they are fantastic. And um, they they sit within the frame and it's almost real. But because they was up against such futuristic, um, not so much futuristic film, although obviously Star Wars is, the technology had advanced to such a point where stop motion looked old, although it's still used. The story... Fantasy story um, based on on um, Greek legends, um, fanciful, of course. I've got a bit of a soft spot for it. I mean, I know I'm sort of almost talking it down, but I actually quite like it. It's it's got an immense charm.
3: I mean, like I watched it maybe I'd say about two years ago. I picked up the Region One DVD, which I do believe had the only the only release I could find that had stereo sound at the time because the, mm. the UK release was only mono. And I love it. I mean, like it was only one when it was released. But between that Sinbad and you know Jason and the Argonauts, the stop motion, when you look back now, it just it has got just a certain charm. And I've been talking to a few people who've seen the new one, and a lot of people prefer the original. They're saying that the CGIs are you know it's a bit over the top, and the the the, the original CG, or the original special effects with the stop motion looks more real, if that makes any sense to anybody. But that's what people are telling me anyway.
1: And of course, it's it's one of these films that was originally shot two D and and then everybody panics at the studio because it should be three D and they've had to convert it. Um, was there any comments on what three D looked like from your friends?
3: Ye pretty well. I mean, like I think you know the general consensus was it wasn't as good as Avatar, which is you know pretty obvious because this one I don't believe was filmed in three D. It was added you know, in post-production, is that yeah, it correct? Yep,
1: yeah, it's Loudy Loudie Digital that did, I, I believe it was Loudie Digital, I was speaking to uh, John Thompson from there uh, just the other day, and he mentioned they'd done Alice in Wonderland and uh, uh, the new film, so I take it from what he told me um, that they did convert it from, from 2D into
3: 3D. Uh, I was looking forward to seeing 3D Scorpions, but now I'm, I'm not too sure, I still will see it, but my hopes are a bit dashed at this point.
1: Do you think, uh, Simon Dehink, is wise to, to go back to films like Clash of the Titans and, uh, and do a remake? Um, is, is there a risk that you just tread the same ground without any sort of real innovation? It's never good to go back, is it?
0: Never, ever good to go back and remake, um, to be honest. Um, if you're going to remake a film, why not remake a film that was crap and make it better? Why remake a film that was incredibly successful? It seems ludicrous to me that somebody want to go back and remake Clash of the Times when, as, as Jer said, it has an immense charm. If you put it on in front of today's kids, it's still very, very watchable. It's got the characters. It's got the interplay. It's got the, the wealth of, of um, charm. The, the watchability of the film is still there. They don't need all the all these updated effects. Why? I mean... If the film is doesn't have the the ability to sit down and, and draw you in, if you're being drawn out because the CG isn't good or the three D isn't good, then you know what's the point? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I just can't stand these remakes of, of any film. It I, just drives think, me mad.
3: I think the problem is, is that they tried to make they tried to make Clash of the Titans you know too serious. If they'd gone a bit tongue in cheek with it or maybe done a different story, it, it, it might have worked. But they just they, they, they try and recapture the magic of the original, and it fails because apparently the dialogue is absolute tripe, and you got people like Liam Neeson and Sam Worthington, uh, Ray Fiennes, who are good actors, spouting absolute nonsense, and it doesn't. It's like almost Star Wars dialogue in, you know, a modern film, which is just an absolute waste of time. Foreign movies might get away with it with the kind of cheese factor because you don't really understand what what they're saying or or the tone of the language you're reading subtitles but English speaking, speaking movies just shouldn't shouldn't revisit old old movies you know there'll be certain ones that can get away with the cheese like the up and coming uh, Sylvester Stallone 80s throwback what's it called The Indispensables or I don't know what it's called it's got Schwarzenegger in it and Jason Stadden and a few fellas it looks like it looks like Rambo meets The Terminator and Gung Ho. That, I reckon, will be a load of cheese, but you know what to expect. But a big-budget production like Clash of the Titans, you expect more, and it's, it, it, it's reminding me of The Mummy the more people talk about it, and I didn't like The Mummy. It's just big-budget big, big budget up, throwing, throwing loads and
0: loads of effects at the screen and hoping something will stick, and a lot of the time it doesn't. Uh, effects don't make a film. The story makes a film. If the story's no good, you're fine, you're,
3: you've lost. you've lost it you speaking of the story. Did you see the poster? It shows it shows Percy is holding up Medusa's head. It gives the whole thing away. <laughs> it's like giving away the ending in the poster. It's bloody ridiculous. Yeah, it's, I mean, for, for people who aren't familiar with the story, that's like showing the ending. Yeah, it's, so, like, it's
1: like a, a poster of Luke Skywalker handing a, a Father's Day card to Darth Vader, is it? <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> Where, where's my <me> hand, da? Uh? <laughs> Luke. Uh, so, classic... Class? Class of the Titans. <laughs> Zeus, Tedious, and Aphrodite learned French.
1: <laughs> uh, Clash of the Titans. It's uh, it's out on Blu ray. That's the original version. Out on Blu ray. It has been reviewed. So head over to avforums.com forward slash movies and enter Clash of the Titans. And I, I think it was Imran that did the review for that one. Uh, it scores sevens for picture and sound, six for extras and a generous eight for the movie. Mm. Can
2: I just say, point of pedantry, you know someone's going to bring up, sci. you said that Star Wars was a futuristic film. It's a, long a long time ago. A long time ago. They're going to go far, far away. Yeah. They're gonna bring it up.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you know what the forum members are like? It's going to be a 65-page thread now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're moving on. We're moving on from Clash of the Titans onto Paranormal Activity, uh, not one that I have seen personally. Uh, I've heard a few things about it, uh, but you guys have seen it, so let's start with Mark. Mark, uh, what did you make of this?
2: I thought it was a it was a decent little film. It it's very short runtime. It's in the style of uh, the Blair Witch Project will probably be the main reference point for people, or The Last Broadcast. Um, Shot from a first-person perspective with a consumer-stroke prosumer camera, it's very much the standard tale of a haunted house. Um, very, very small budget, uh, reportedly shot for just $11,000, a crew of three people, actors, mainly just a cast of two, staying in character. And it was just a, a question of um, trying to draw out the maximum amount of scares for the minimal amount of budget and i i actually think it, it works to that remit it's it's a film that definitely needs to be viewed alone and with the lights out if you're if you're viewing it on a smaller screen uh lights on of an evening with people that you allow yourself for a little bit of cynicism just to you stop being drawn into it quite as much and you you realize that yes there is a fair amount of ground from previous horror films that are covered poltergeist and Blair Witch and the like but um, it's very ingenious because Oren Peli rather than in fact choose shooting from the first person perspective to shake the camera at the moments when the scares come in fact everything's fairly fluid until the moments when there is supernatural activity or the entity within the house is seen or at least the after effects of what it's doing is seen and those are the moments shot basically with night vision, just with a camera focused on their bed by this young couple who are just trying to find out what it is that's making noises in their house at night. And so it's, it's short, it's punchy, and it's got a few nice little original ideas in there. And it does what it says on the tin. It's supposed to unsettle you and unnerve you. And it's got some great use of the subwoofer to basically start to slowly shake your seat as something's about to happen. And, yeah, I think it's just a solid little film. It's never going to win any great awards, but Pelly had trouble getting it on the, the festival circuit to start with, and it's one of those films that's just gathered pace due to word of mouth.
3: Well, I've seen the movie as well, and I have to say I actually loved it. Um, I was a big fan of the original of the original Blair Witch. I was a big fan of the Blair Witch Project. I, mean, I know a lot of people thought it was rubbish. and you know? all. it's so silly and it's fake. But, I mean, like, I just went to see the movie. I didn't buy into the hype. And Blair Witch, for me, scared the pants of me. So along comes Paranormal Activity. I'd previously seen another great horror called, from um, Spain called uh, R.E.C., which is another terrifying camera or documentary-style first-person horror movie that worked for me as well, partly because it was shocking and there was a lot of jumps. So along comes paranormal activity, which, as Mark said, was in the almost in the port, poltergeist uh, strain of horror. And initially, when it started off, I was like, "This is so silly! Look at these guys. This guy is buying I don't know a very very expensive video camera HD with super super sound on it to film some sort of uh, you know paranormal intruder who's terrifying his girlfriend." And uh, I was going, "That's a bit kind of contrived." Plus, I thought your one's acting was a bit poor. But when it switched to the nighttime scenes and the two guys are just lying in the bed and you're going, oh, what's going on here? This is a bit kind of lame. And you see the clock speeding up in the corner. I went, oh, what's going on here? And suddenly it stops and it's 2 a.m. in the morning and you know something is going to happen. But it's something really simple, like a door moving. And it's like, oh my God, what's going on? And it builds and builds and builds in the intensity until the end. And really is, at the climax of that movie, it is terrifying. It's a terrifying movie. And I have to say I was genuinely scared, but I totally enjoyed it. And I think that the, uh, the, con- the conclusion as well was, was well done. It was a little, bit, a little bit weak, but it did have that disturbing element. But apparently he made three different endings to the movie I think some of them, some of them were available on the cinematic release, and depending on what release you got, you got a different end. And but um, the one I saw, I think, was the classic end, and that's available on the Blu-ray. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's a good. It's a very, very good film. And as you say, Mark, it is. It's very, very solid. Well worth to watch. But you do have to watch it on your own at nighttime with the lights off. So make sure you wear plastic pants.
0: <laughs> so the the I mean, I haven't. I'm not yet seen the film. I've got it over there, sitting waiting to be watched. And it's all embossed and emblazoned with the scariest film ever made, blah, 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 with all big, big hype in it. Do you, has that sort of created a mystique about the film, which it doesn't quite live up to? Do you, do you have an expectation of what you're going to see?
3: No, you have, you, have to, you have to go in, I mean, like read, watching trailers, reading blurbs, you're, you're going to ruin the movie for yourself. You need to just ignore... Go and watch. It is. It's, it's. It's. a little gem. It's a little gem of a movie. As Mark says, it's not going to win any awards. It's not the best horror ever. But for for what I would class as the third film, the, the third good film in the in the horror documentary style genre, yeah, it's 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 pretty good, and it's it's different than the Blair Witch, and it's different from O E. C. And it's different from all the other horror nonsense like Saw that's available at the minute. You know, they're all absolute waste of time. Final Destination, rubbish it's stuff like this something new and something novel that's really going to give you the scares. Yeah, I think
2: just sorry, just to come back on your point about the hype. I yeah, I really do think it hasn't helped in any way because the more people think about something, the more they they hype it up, they expect a certain amount of payoff. They they almost desensitize themselves to it before they've even seen the film. They've seen the blurb, they've they've seen the trailers. And they're they're getting ready to be absolutely terrified, and you know they're they're waiting a few days for the disc to be posted through to them. And by the time it gets them, when it decides, when they find out that it's a film that decides to slow play it for a good amount, and as Jer says, you just see a door moving or the like. It's lacking a certain amount of punch because there's so much hyperbole, there's this whirlwind around the film that everyone's desperately trying to outdo each other is it the scariest film this year someone else says it's the scariest film in 10 years someone else says you know i sold my house because i couldn't go back there you know it's just ridiculous <laughs> that they make up all these kind of big stories about basically it's a lot of people trying to get on the front cover of a blu-ray and dvd to have the best possible quote and mm. and the fact is it's not the scariest film ever made however it, it's worth remembering that for all the people who deride things like the Blair Witch project there was a huge swell of of support for the film and everyone was raving about it at the time now it's only when that kind of that wave of support breaks that everyone suddenly looks back and says in fact all the while i thought it was rubbish i thought it was terrible but it's strange that these reports don't usually come out at the time when when the word of mouth and and when basically the public are the ones choosing to laud something as as worth watching.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the movie. The movie was made in two thousand and seven. It didn't get an official release, I don't think, till two thousand and nine. So it's been knocking around for two years, as you say, word of mouth, building the hype. And when it finally when it finally made a release, you know, it had about maybe three or four months of, you know, people going to see it, being genuinely surprised and shocked by it, and getting a good scare. And as soon as people started talking about it and building the movie up, the the following audiences went to see it. It was like, yeah, it wasn't as good as you said it was. <laughs> because they were expecting so much more. How's it about this for a blurb? I watched paranormal activity, I shot myself and ruined a perfectly good couch. That should have been on the Blu-ray.
0: <laughs> Does it work better as a Blu-ray then, and, and as a theatrical film, do you think? No, that, that's a tough one. I, I,
2: I think to a certain extent, yes, because I, I can't imagine there being the sa- same level of tension in a cinema. Basically, the the whole um, the whole genesis of the idea from Oren Peli was, you know, we've had films that make you scared to go into the woods like The Blair Witch Project or films that, you know, will scare you if you go into a graveyard. These are all places that are naturally scary anywhere. Uh, can you make a film that makes you scared in your own house, makes you just uneasy that all of a sudden you start hearing... Little noises, you know, maybe it's just the radiators clanking a little bit or something, or you know, a branch scraping against your window, but it just unsettles you. And so, I, I definitely think it's something that was almost designed for the home audience, and certainly for a home audience
3: and a and a solitary, uh, just one person viewing. Yeah, I have to definitely agree with you. I mean, like if you if you watch it in a cinema, some of the effect would be lost. Watching it on in your house in your own. And you're hearing stuff upstairs, and you know the way when in, in in the movie itself, you can hear you can hear noises directly above you, like it sounds mm-hmm. as though someone's clunking around upstairs, and it is really ups- really unsettling. The same way as Poltergeist made, you know that fuzz in your television. I couldn't watch fuzz in the television for years after Poltergeist. <laughs> i was be really terrified something's gonna suck me in, <laughs> suck me off even better. <laughs> So, See one of the most scariest films I've
0: seen, which really didn't show anything, um, was uh, Robert Wise's *The Haunting*. Years and years ago, sixties, 60s, early sixties—I 60s, forget the actual year—but um, and, and and he employed similar. I mean, he wasn't a first-person shoot, but uh, it was all set in in, a, in an old house, and really, n- not a lot happens. You know, there's an old staircase that creaks, there's a door that moves. Everything that you're saying here and that is a genuinely scary film it was a, a, a 12 certificate i think um now um that's a great 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 film
2: yeah i think so. there's there there are two basically completely different approaches to scaring people and that is number one shocks and number two uh, just making a, or pervading a certain element of uneasiness you know just slightly unsettling your audience to the point where it doesn't really feel like you may be have been scared at the time. But the longer since you've seen the film, more it kind of just starts to chip away at your brain. And so I think that the problem with with uh, paranormal activity is some people have gone in expecting just straightforward, uh, kind of almost drag me to hell, kind of big scares, you know, typical horror fare. Whereas in fact, it, it's just basically about how to kind of erode the confidence of a couple in their own home that's that's all it really is Ooh. i
3: mean i mean like this, the 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 strangers tried to you know a similar degree to try and make give you that unease in your own house but it just didn't it didn't work as well as this one and it is partly the unseen factor it's the new it's the new path forward for horrors as far as i'm concerned what you don't see is what's really going to scare you absolutely well of
0: course it's uh, the your own mind fills in the blanks, isn't it? and that's, where, that's why books work so well, because your mind's working overtime. So, sounds good. And I've got it yeah, out no, to check watch. It. Yeah.
3: yeah, check it out, check it out, check it out.
1: Okay, so uh, that's Paranormal Activity. The review is up there. We'll give you the address again, evforums.com forward slash movies. Uh, go and check it out for yourselves. And uh, I guess it's getting a thumbs up here, guys.
3: Yes, thumbs up from me. Yep,
2: thumbs up from me. Just don't complain that it doesn't look that great in high def because it was actually filmed on just a, I think, a $2,000 Sony camcorder and using natural lighting.
3: Although so the, camera, the camera did look like it was worth about 10 bloody grand, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, that, that kind of wraps up uh, our movies look uh, for this podcast. We are back again. In two weeks' time, and just before we go, uh, Simon is going to let us know exactly what everybody's doing over the next couple of weeks and the things that you should be looking out for on avforums.com forward slash movies.
0: Okay, thanks, Phil. Yeah, um, big month next month. Big, big month indeed. We've got a film we were talking about in the last podcast, Avatar's coming out. Kaz is looking at that. He's also looking at um Law Abiding Citizen. Um We've got Alan looking at Who Dares Wins, and uh, he's looking at Nine. Jer, he's looking at a new release of Stargate, um, uh, a new another new special edition. Um, so we're looking at that. We're at He's also looking at The Last Emperor and Men Who
3: Stare at Goats, which I believe you've already seen. Is that right? I have seen it. I loved it. Loved it. Absolutely fantastic movie. Great, great comedy. Bit wacky, but yeah, works. I loved it. Yeah, I can't wait to see it in blue.
0: Brilliant. So that's that's coming to you towards the end of the month. Um, Keith is looking at um, Saving Private Ryan. Quite a quite a bit of a buzz around this film. Um, it was on um, Channel 4 HD very, very recently with a spectacular looking picture. So um, we're all looking forward to that
3: one. Oh, I can't wait to hear the Normandy invasion on that one on Blue ray mm-hmm. It's going oh. to be a bit scary, isn't it? Yeah, probably as good its, its Braveheart. It'd we'll be see. nice if in the special features they put the
2: British soldiers back in, though.
3: Was was the British soldiers removed? (laughs) They were on the balls. Don't don't you know anything? America
1: won the war. Come on.
3: Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, I know that. John Wayne, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, the other uh, big release um, which Chris is looking at is the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Um, the theatrical release that uh, some people are saying, well, why are we going to buy that?
3: Yeah.
0: Well, I I really like the theatrical cuts, particularly the first one. Um, the extended versions are very very good, and sometimes the second one worked very very well with its additional scenes. But the first and third, I didn't think really warranted all the extra material that was added to them. Yes, uh, they and they're brilliant. But uh, I I do prefer the theatrical cuts.
3: Do you reckon we will see maybe a 5.1 on the theatricals and maybe a 7.1 on the extended, just to make people buy them? Because I would, people are going to
0: buy them anyway.
3: It's mm-hmm. it's it's one of those
0: releases, isn't it? People want this, people want the the this, want both. And um, we work with the DVD. It's going to work with the Blu-ray.
3: Yeah, but oh, I was sorry. tricked. I was tricked with the Blu-ray. I didn't know there was an extended edition coming out. This time I do, so I'm going to waste. <laughs> okay, Won't <ruin> me twice. <laughs>
0: Well, Chris is looking at that and he's going to do a, a mammoth review, no doubt, as as, as is his want and as, as he likes to do. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to reading his write-up on it. So that's our sum of the discs we'll be looking at, not all of them, because um, I want to keep a little bit of surprise in from our uh, new supplier, Zavi. I don't know if anyone's noticed that we are now being supplied by Xavi, Region B or UK releases, because they're not exclusively Region B. So it um, should be good.
1: Excellent, so that's what's coming up uh, on the site. Don't forget, if you've got any questions or you want us to cover any subjects, then either use the podcast forum under this podcast and add your little reply in there, or you can email us at podcast.avforums.com. At so all I need to do now is thank Ger, Mark and Simon. Thanks, guys. Dude, thanks very so much, Phil. And we'll be back again in two weeks' time for our news roundup. So join us for that. And until then, this is Phil Linton saying thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon. The AV Podcast was Presented by Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew
0: Passett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content including sound clips and music is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is
1: copyright M2M Limited.